Bonjour, film lovers. Did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio? We also have a website, realnerdspodcast.com, where you can find cool articles and other ways to listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on social, Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us at 720-6-NERDS-5. We will listen to it, we will play it, and we will probably commentate on it. Also, email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches thieves, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang up. Wherever there's a hang up, you'll find a Spider-Man. This is Real Nerds Podcast. And for over 10 years, we have been seeing a new movie and podcasting our experience to the world. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Reminiscence. And it's only two of us this week, Brad. <laughs> yep. The, the two OGs. Just the classic lineup. This is the classic Real Nerds lineup. And I bet people are really excited to just hear your and uh, my opinion about everything. Oh, totally. Um, we, we've get, get, been getting tons of emails about how, you know, having too many hosts on the show, uh, those opinions just get lost. So now that I know. the two of well, us, there's a better focus. There is. I mean, I have been getting some complaints about Corinne and Zach just constantly rambling and not really having coherent thoughts. If they have to hear one more thing about anime or old time Hollywood, they, we might lose listeners. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's 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 a problem, and we we do, we're, we're we're correcting it this week. We are, and also I'm seeing if they even listen to the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? They. Are they going to listen to the show and know that I'm talking shit about them? Hmm. We'll see. I don't think they do because I feel like I've been uh, putting several like Easter eggs into each week's show and I never hear about them. So uh, I, I will say that the shows you've been doing lately have been pretty great. Thank um, you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, if everyone knew the talent you had to make things great. Yeah, I mean, you're so great that I can just say, hey, here's a new trailer for Spider-Man. Oh, look at this. This is a good one. Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop. Come on. <laughs> yes, my spider-lord. <laughs> can we just, like, stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. 
And how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter, to what do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Steven. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Fine. I won't. The entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really know. Stop talking. What just happened? We tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter. What? You're going to throw me off like that? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had to push that button really quick. I was all prepared to do the drive-in stuff and you just you just drop your stupid Spider-Man trailer. You fucking know it. I wasn't going to let you get away with that. Uh, how am I going to edit this show now? <laughs> I made sure that what's most important, my stuff can't be blocked out. Yeah. And yeah. It happens right away and you have no say in the matter. Ten fucking years of this shit. I know. You think you'd learn. You think you would learn. All right. Talk about Spider-Man. Go for it. You have the floor. Uh, We'll save that for news. I just wanted to throw you off your game by putting it right at the beginning and change things up. Well, cool. Now, now the audience, they they obviously came to listen to you talk about that trailer and now they're gonna have to wait a little bit. So exactly. It's called, it's called a cliffhanger. It's like if I was in a, writing an issue of spider-man it'd be see you next month web slingers for the thrilling conclusion of my deconstruction of the spider-man no way home trailer and by next month i mean in about five minutes so hopefully it's it's more like red and blue balls really what you're doing (laughs) that is red and blue balls (laughs) uh but that was my tantalizing tease uh for the what we're going to be talking about later and I'm just too excited. I couldn't go by without playing it right away. I was debating of whether I should open the show with it. <laughs> then we'd start our show. Just um, skip the theme song altogether. Like, yeah, just put Spidey. <laughs> yeah. There's the, the follow us on social media and then Spidey trailer. And then. Oh, wait, the you didn't get the memo. I did put the Spider-Man theme song before the show, but it's the 1960s one. <laughs> oh, gotcha. 
<laughs> Through the magic of editing. Through the magic of editing, we can make that happen. <laughs> that will be the case. Yes. Uh, but we do talk about uh, movie news, movies that are coming out. You can get uh, stuff we've been watching. And of course, the uh, film of the week, which I said earlier is Reminiscence, where we will tell you if we recommend the film or not, play the trailer and then spoil it, I guess. And uh, yeah, and that's how we do our show for 10 years, Brad. We've been doing that each week for 10 we years have. straight. Just we have, load this gun um, into my mouth. <laughs> no, put it down. I was talking to James uh, Monday because James, uh, I guess we can tell people now, James is moving out of state with his family. So it was kind of like a farewell to James uh, dinner I had with him and his family. And um, it was just kind of fun reminiscing about, you know, James and I's relationship started with when I met my wife 13 years ago and how we've built this uh, podcast over the last 10 years. So um, it's, it's just been uh, part of my life for 10 years. And uh, it's one of those things where, People say, oh, why do you, you know, you still do that? I said, yeah, I mean, I see movies anyways, and I like talking to my friends. So it's really an excuse to talk to my friends about stuff I love. And I hope that everybody gets that out of our podcast, too. And what is kind of nice is I've been getting a lot of friends who are out of state texting me saying they've really liked our episodes, too. Um, I had a friend, Brian, say that our... um, Ah, uh, shit, let me read the text. Is uh, One of a couple episodes ago was really, really funny. Um, That's great. I, I never hear a lot of feedback about people actually listening to the episodes. So. I know. I think it's, um, I think too, because we stop giving out our email all the time and we kind of do our show. Um, but you can email us, realnerds at gmail.com if you have any um, feedback or if you want us to tackle something maybe we're not tackling. You know what I mean? That's right. Fan mail was a segment on this show like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. But then we went away from it. You know, I used to do. Uh, but each episode um, tells people where they can contact us and the email is one of them. So, yeah, we so contact us because we also have um, our film explosion in 2001 coming up. So if you have favorite films from 2001, Make sure you send us your list. We do 10, but you can put whatever you want. And, um, you know, so you can be a part of our show. Yeah, we'll, we'll read it in the episode. Yeah. Oh, he uh, he said our Suicide Squad episode was really, uh, quote him, really funny, hilarious. Really hilarious. Nice. Um, so thanks, Brian. Um, Brian is a guy I met when I was at the Academy, and we became really good friends. And uh, he moved to Texas with his wife last year and he keeps tabs on me through the podcast so thanks brian for listening uh, i appreciate it awesome the one thing i want and, uh, people yeah, to get from these episodes was funny <laughs> i mean <laughs> if i'm gonna pet myself on the back i was gonna say the one thing i want people to get out of these shows is that we're funny like it the actual yeah. content of the review is inconsequential it, it, oh absolutely yeah laughing uh, I mean, Brad, you, you do this just for like fun, right? Obviously we don't do it for monetary gain because we don't make any money, but I, I, I do it. Cause I, I would at least like to make the uh, money to pay the website hosting, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. 
<laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know if you're in the same boat as me is it's really, I get to talk to you every week and, you know, talk about movies and geek out, which, uh, you know, when you get older and your career and things like that are always in the forefront, it's always nice to have something to fall back on and kind of forget about your worries for an hour or so, which I always strive for, for everybody who's listening to our episodes. Yeah. As you get older, your life is about survival. <laughs> so like having something stupid and superficial to fall back on is pretty fun. And like, yeah, it's I get to talk to you guys, but I also get to practice graphic design and marketing, you know, for fun. Cause... Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, what's great about having someone as talented as you. I say, Hey man, can you just make this and then make it cool? And you do. And it's based on movies and not just some random product. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I always tell people how uh, much fun I have with you doing this, uh, you know, for like our 10th anniversary. I said, hey, maybe we should freshen up the logo and celebrate our 10 years because it's quite an accomplishment. And he said, yeah, that's a good idea. And then you do it. And I'm always blown away by uh, what you put together. Thanks. Did you? So I appreciate it. And for people that are fans of Brad. Uh, design work he also makes films which you are tackling another 48 hour film project yeah and is this 11 brad uh this is the 12th this will be the 12th one wow. in denver we've done two other like worldwide competition ones so okay. that, that would make it like the this like the 14th one wow if you want to count like weekends i've spent doing this so 14 yeah nice um, and then uh, when do you start filming that uh, this Friday. Oh, wow. It's coming up. Yeah. And um, usually, you know, after the weekend, it takes like a week to do the screening, but the screenings are two days later now. Holy so sh- that is uh, crazy. No, no waiting. <laughs> uh, you know, there's not enough time to print T-shirts, but um, they're also doing a trailer and poster contest this time, which I'm feeling even more confident about than the uh, making the movie because. Hang on a second, Brad. Sorry. You can keep talking. He's playing with his monster truck and running over soda cans. And it's like, he waits till I do this to do it. Hey, at least he's not on the streets, right? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, maybe I should put him out there so I can get this done. (laughs) Anyways, you were talking about uh, the screening process now only two days. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. There's like a, there's, there's also a trailer and poster contest, which I'm feeling pretty confident about considering every year. I think I'm one of like three people who'd bother with that. (laughs) In the week, yeah, and your posters screening. always are great. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, my favorite one is Catastrophe. <laughs> Classic, yeah. Classic yeah, so that one style. just, yeah, it's uh, reminds me of uh, like a 1950s horror film. Yeah, if I made it black and white, it'd be even more obvious. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, the modern lime and purple and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so, yeah. I'm getting excited. Interesting to see Very what we cool. do this year because you know, I'm sure it'll be great. Last year was a bit of an off year, so yeah. And you can go to uh, nebulousvisions.com to check all those out. Hey, you're or, better marketing than I am. <laughs> or you can go on to Facebook and just type in Nebulous Visions, and you've been resharing them, which has been fun. So see yeah. what you're up to. And I, I forgot, like this little superstition I, I, I created for myself of I need to repost all the old ones the week before. Uh, yeah, no, the new good. one. So. It's a good reminder of the stuff you can do. Backtracking a bit. Did you ever think that when we started this, we'd be doing it for 10 years? Fuck no. Like you thought like maybe three years and we'd fall off and be like, oh, that was fun. 
Yeah, because the, you know, I remember our initial meetings about it where we said, hey, we're going to do this every week and not miss a week. I thought for once we'd slip the fuck up. <laughs> and we never have. You know, the, um, my only bummer this year is the uh, fan expo is coming up so quick that I don't, I won't be able to do it. Um, but I'm hoping that they'll still uh, allow media because I have that Sunday off and I, I would love to go down there and cover some stuff on Sunday. If you want to do that, that'd be Halloween. <laughs> um, um, maybe, I don't know. I kind of wrote it off uh, considering we weren't going to be like having a booth presence. So I know it sucks, but, yeah. uh, but hopefully I'll, I mean, I'm going to go for one day for sure. I might even see if I can switch uh, and work in the morning on Saturday uh, because uh, Rebecca Isaacs is coming back and we haven't talked to her in 11 years. And I think it'd be fun. And, yeah. um, and I, I think I'm going to commission her to do a Cassie cage for me. Ooh. I think that'd be awesome. I'm worried because we, we declined the uh, grandfathering in uh, option that we had. So I'm, I'm worried that they, you know, we'll be at the bottom of the list next year when they start fully opening up. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but I don't think we are in a position to make... Well, I mean, I know I can't. My work is too insane right now. So, um, and I, I think someone's already requested that time off. So that means I'll probably be working a lot that weekend. And Yeah. Just it came up so fast. Um, yeah, they really struggle with people. But yeah, but that means the real one's going to be even faster the next year because if they're doing this in October... And they want to go back to doing summer. Yeah. You know, it's like six months later, they're back at it. So will they just keep doing it in October is the question. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. Or will they take a full year off so they can reset and give them enough time to do a summer? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, on Sundays, the Colorado Springs Comic Con, I think I'm going to run down there to do it. Oh, this Sunday? Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is my birthday as well. Thanks for not getting me a present, Brad. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I got you 10 years of a podcast where you get to uh, fillet yourself. So True. <laughs> that's true. I do get to talk about myself and how great I am. So that's good. So yeah, I think I'm going to run down there. Just check it out. What, what do you want for a present? Like you buy your own DVDs. Like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> well, one, I really don't want presents either. Well, I mean, I always take, you know, Best Buy gift cards. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but because I do usually just get what I want and I'm a middle child and my parents don't care about me, you know, all about that, Brad. Um, I'm the first child. Are you the first? You can talk to my brother about that. Uh, fuck. I thought your brother was older than you, but, um, but speaking as a first child, I'm the experimental one. So they tried all the stuff out on me and then the other two got to enjoy the <laughs> benefits of those mistakes. So all right, right on. Well, we always have each other. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. At, at 39, I'm like, it's weird that people should be like still doing gifts for birthdays. Yeah, me? I mean, yeah, to me, it's more of, um, you know, for like my birthday, I said, you know what? It's my birthday. I think I'm going to go to Colorado Springs to do the Comic Con. And that's my birthday present to myself. <laughs> yeah. Or just like people just like just want to spend time with you. Like that's the yeah. gift. Yeah. So the gift, the gift of humans is enough with me if i wasn't gonna be tired from two days of staying up i'd hang out with you on your birthday i understand 
It's okay. Probably Let's slide. One we can plan something time. later. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to up to, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, maybe I could go to the drive-in on this weekend, but I'd only know that if Brad can tell me what's playing. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. I've been doing this segment for a while. Have you ever been to the drive-in here? Uh, no. Wow. I know. I, you know, I keep on thinking I should take Kellen. I think he'd probably really like it. Yeah, I mean, he's old enough now. I, he'd definitely have some investment in it. So, yeah. For some yeah. reason, I thought, like, maybe you and Laura and Kellen went to the Fort Collins one at some point. But No. But yeah, oh well, you know, if, if you, you know, want to do something Sunday uh, at the drive-in, the Holiday Two Hundred Four Collins with your family, you can see Free Guy and Jungle Cruise on screen one. Or it's actually pop- a fun double feature. Yeah, uh, I guess they're both Disney. And then, yep. and my my screen just glitched. And then on the second screen is Paw Patrol and ET. Did you see Paw Patrol made like $15 million this weekend? <laughs> In limited release. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. See, you put movies out people want to see. People will go see them. Even crazier is how Suicide Squad came out. It made $26 million and people are like, oh, bomb. But then Free yep. Guy came out the next week and made $26 million. They're like, oh, super successful. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't. Like, I'm pretty sure they have the same budgets. <laughs> Yeah, so. it's one of those, I don't know how to quantify, one, the box office now and what people deem a success because it doesn't, I mean, it's every, all bets are off now. I guess Free Guy was already paid for because it, it came from Fox and like Disney bought it. So that was that. And so everything. Yeah, I think too, Disney it's, it's holding icing. way better. Yeah. Because, I mean, I still think a fallout from that is because it's on HBO Max. I think reminiscence only made two million dollars and i think it's because they didn't market it very well and people could watch it hbo max it doesn't seem like a movie you have to rush out to see yeah um the other drive-in the 88 drive-in here closer to denver is showing snake eyes don't breathe two and escape room tournament of champions all on one screen wow so that's fun check that out um yeah that is all that's going on around town um if you're inclined and i somehow managed to edit this episode and put it up fast enough uh come see whatever i made this weekend uh on wednesday september 1st yeah i mean you should probably edit it tonight and put it up so you don't have to worry about it the whole weekend i think i will <laughs> although i just posted last week's episode <laughs> a couple hours I before did see this, that. So it's a little bumped up against each other but uh yeah nine o'clock september 1st at the bug theater we'll be screening our new feet our new short film whatever it turns out to be so very cool the tickets are 10 bucks i think so and there will be i think nine other films in the block so you're not just paying for mine you, you get like oh, an yeah, hour, that... hour and a half's worth of entertainment hell yeah and they're always fun yeah and if you're really inclined like me show up Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 and 9 p.m. to watch all the groups from all the films all weekend. Fun. So that's what's going on around town. Cool. Movie news. 
It's real news! Hey, did you know that this really cool trailer dropped this week? Here it is again! Oh, look at this. This is a good one. Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop. Come on. <laughs> yes, my spider lord. <laughs> Can we just, like, stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows, you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. But how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter, to what do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Steven. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Fine. I won't. The entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned. He's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really know. Stop talking! happened we tampered with the stability of space-time the multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little the problem is you trying to live two different lives the longer you do it the more dangerous it becomes you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter. Ah, oh, so many questions. Yeah, uh, so Spider-Man No Way Home dropped and, uh, Part of the news that I was going to share is that it broke the 24-hour most views around the globe. And um, by how so much? The orig- uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, Avengers Endgame uh, last uh, two years ago now, in 24 hours, had 289 million uh, views. Uh, no Way Home has 355.5 million. Wow. So Crushed. I think I know. I, yeah, I think if pe- you have a movie that people really want to see, it's going to do really well. And um, I, I, you know, people are concerned because, you know, obviously of coronavirus and stuff. 
But if there's a movie that I think is going to shatter some records, it might be Spider-Man, which is great for me because I love Spider-Man. And uh, the, the, the trailer is everything I wanted it to be and enough questions where it's a classic Marvel trailer where you go, what's that? Wait a minute. Who is that? Um, you know, from uh, Spidey being obviously outed at the end of uh, Far From Home by Mysterio and the dealing with the consequences of that to them enlisting Doctor Strange to cast a spell so people forget about who Spider-Man is, which is from one of the uh, most controversial Spider-Man stories called uh, One Moment in Time, which is a continuation of um, One More Day, where Spider-Man made a deal with Mephisto to save Aunt May's life. And by doing that, he wiped out his marriage with Mary Jane and then you found out in uh, One Moment in Time, its acronym is OMIT. <laughs> um, the, you found out that he went to Doctor Strange so he would cast a spell so everyone would forget who Peter, Peter Parker and Spider-Man were, in the same, were the same. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that they would go that route. Um, and now yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hearing all these things that it might not be Doctor Strange is Mephisto really appearing in Spider-Man? And, <laughs> and of course, I mean, I doubt it, but it's, it's really funny how bad people want Mephisto to show up. I know, he's not even like uh, their character, is just their version of the devil, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, he, he, I mean he's, he is a character, he's created by uh, Stan Lee and uh, John Buscema, but uh, yeah, he's basically, I mean, he's basically the, a, a demon that can is all powerful and deals with magic. And his thing is he deals with people's souls and, or there's always like, um, it's kind of like the monkey's paw. If you ask him for something, he's going to take something in return. So in Spider-Man's case in the comics, the reason he took Spider-Man's marriage is because it took away his happiness. So by doing that, he'll save Aunt May, but under these conditions, you know, yeah. Um, so it, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I actually think it's not because, I mean, Stephen Strange has always been kind of arrogant. So when Wong tells him not to do the spell and he does the wink, I mean, that I think that kind of falls in the character for him. Yeah, um, it's really Peter who messes it up. Yeah, and, and yeah, so it, it's it's pretty fascinating. And then I mean, for me personally, how it's funny this trailer dropped. And I was pumping gas at the gas station after I had dinner with James and talking about how I hope it drops. <laughs> and then I got an alert uh, from Twitter because I haven't set to Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home alerts. And uh, so, you know, watching it, it's cool because you heard, you know, some of the rumors going around. And to see, you know, an electro lightning strike. um a Sandman like Sandblast, which they might uh Sandman might not be in it, but that's cool. Um maybe the lizard coming after Peter and one little brief moments. And yeah. I mean obviously for me the coolest part is the pumpkin bomb rolling and hearing Willem Dafoe's laugh as the Green Goblin. And uh 
Yeah, then seems- Alfred Molina popping up is pretty great. Yeah, it seems like there's actually going to be a lot more than the Sinister Stick Six in there because yeah, you still have the Vulture in the background. You still have, mm-hmm. based on the toys, Mysterio is probably not dead, actually. Yep, which makes sense for his character. Yeah, and then you've got, obviously, Doc Ock is definitely coming, Green Goblin. So that's, what, four or five? Yeah. And then you've got probably the Lizard, based on that one clip, and... Electro, you know, is coming. So you yep. have like seven people now. Yeah, I, I, it's, and I mean, I think you can probably lump J. Jonah Jameson in that. Yeah, because um, he's pretty much a villain. And uh, yeah, it's interesting because there's obviously, I mean, even Tom Holland is saying, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You haven't seen anything, which I agree. I actually believe him pretty hardly because if you watch the trailer, like, there's a part obviously where. Peter and Doctor Strange are fighting in the multiverse um, or he's teaching Spider-Man about the multiverse because uh, it has that crazy like mirror thing from Doc Strange. Yeah. Um, and then there's a part where S- Spidey has something and Doc Strange, uh, Ancient Ones, Peter out of Spider-Man's costume. Um so yeah, there's just, a, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in the trailer and it's just, I can't wait to see Shang-Chi because you know that trailer is going to be before it. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I hope people will cheer when, you know, Doc Ock shows up because that seems like it's a moment that it's a cheer moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also too, but, like given how much Sony really wants Venom in the Spidey universe and we got a Venom movie coming up. Yeah. Like I, there's no reason to believe that Venom does like because everyone thinks that shots the lizard that's coming at him, but yeah, it could be Venom. I mean, yeah, I mean it's some hulking monster. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm totally down, and it's. More I mean, deviant. they're still playing <laughs> coy with the other Spider Men, but it kind of feels like it's trending that way, and I think it's a cool idea that they have to enlist the other Spider Man to Spider Men to beat. Doc, uh, uh, the Sinister Six, you know, um, yeah. but we'll see. I mean, there's obviously some huge fight that takes place on, um, like a highway. <laughs> um, but just like Star Wars movies lately, the Marvel movies have been pretty good at flipping shots and having backgrounds that aren't even there. Um, so it, it, it makes me excited. And I'm excited that everybody's excited for Spider-Man. I'm just excited to get uh, to the bottom of what the uh, next 10 year plan is going to be. Cause you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, Cause I mean, you know, black widow, obviously it can't push it too far forward because it's a prequel. Yeah. And, but I mean, if you've been reading the reviews for Shang-Chi, it, they, they're saying it's pretty incredible. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see that one too. Um, yeah, but when uh, obviously I can't wait for Spider Man. Yeah, when Iron Man and Captain First Avenger and um, Thor came out, you know, we kind of had, had an idea like, oh, okay, it's going mm-hmm. somewhere, but we don't know yet. And then once the Avengers came out, like, okay, we're, we're trending towards fighting Thanos. Yeah, and then it was still. I don't think it was even through Phase Two. We weren't sure like what was what were they going to do with Thanos once he finally yeah. arrived. So a good chunk of the decade 
there was still a ton of questions, but yeah, I'm, I'm just anxious to find out like where this is headed. Like where are they going to try to replicate their success? Yeah. And I, uh, I was reading things now that they're saying Venom might be delayed again. And now people are worried about Spider-Man. I don't think Spider-Man's going to be delayed. One, because I think they know they're going to have a huge hit. Um, and all the, uh, the trailer and all the advertisements now say December 17th. So it sounds like that one's probably going to be a go. Um, and that also means that Venom and Morbius really don't tie into Spider-Man at all. And, uh, but I'm okay with it. Cause I, comparing this trailer to the Venom trailer, I go, Oh wow, this looks awesome. The Venom trailer looks whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I think it's pretty great. And I love when everyone loves Spider-Man. Yeah. The, the Venom trailer, like, you know, I don't hate the movie. I, I thought it was fun enough, but like, yeah, it, it, he's fighting like another Venom with a different color so it's yeah yeah carnage i mean like how different is that from the last movie yeah you know and i've i you know i've always pushed back on how cool venom is i mean he's his design is cool but as a character i've never been the biggest fan um and it hasn't changed since the movie and or seeing this it's um i mean i, I will give tom hardy props that he is doing something different with the character uh, it makes it more interesting than just a guy who hates Spider-Man and then wants to help people after the fact. So, um, I mean, I'll see it, obviously. But it seems like Marvel and um, Disney, they're pretty much saying, hey, we got to start putting stuff out. And, and you know, we talked about it last week. Black Widow still made like 180-something million dollars. So I'm sure that's... Um, it's uh it's i mean it still made money and it, it actually lines up pretty well with the first thor and captain america and stuff yeah yeah just gotta let the chips fall where they may at a certain point yeah. so yeah unfortunately but that's where we're at in this world any but, other news yeah. uh no the only other thing i have is jingle all the way has funko pops coming out um, so you get your own turbo man if you'd like. Um, that's how, uh, much there isn't going anything going on. Wait, there's uh, a jingle all the way. There's a, there's a turbo man Funko pop. Cause I know there's a yeah. turbo man doll in stores right now. Yeah. It's a, is there? Yeah. It's a Funko pop. And you can oh. also get an Amazon exclusive turbo man. Um, Yep, I was digging through the websites. I couldn't find anything. So that's uh, Slash Film has this cool stuff post. And I said, okay, I'll talk about Turbo Man, jing- uh, Jingle All the Way, uh, Pops. <laughs> well, uh, I'll throw into the mix that uh, Roger Rabbit's coming to 4K Blu-ray. Mm. That's news. Yeah, that's awesome. And the, the steel book is awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, I'll have to pre-order that when it becomes available to pre-order. Um, Because that seems like a steelbook that will sell out really fast. Oh yeah, I think. And that movie's brilliant. Yeah, I think people underestimate the uh, popularity of that movie. Um, Yeah, I've always said my my favorite is the uh, weasels in it because I thought they were always cool. (laughs) Um, But the whole movie is wonderful, and I I love the making of that movie. I think it's one of the coolest making of, and how technic tech uh, 
technical it was and how they had to make it work. You know, I always remember the, uh, the scene where you meet Jessica rabbit and the penguins are serving the patrons and they had, you know, wire things running around and then they would put in the animation later. Um, and it, it always blew my mind how cool they made that movie. Given that you could easily make a sequel to this with CGI and you know, it takes away that ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Do you think like it'd be worth it? Like, obviously, we'd, we'd, we'd want to see more Roger Rabbit, but at the same time, like, yeah. part of what's great about the first movie is that it was so hard to make. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really, yeah, it's a great question, because I, I, I don't know. I mean, because you, you, there's no way a studio would okay them making it this way again. Yeah. When you could, I mean, you could still have the 2D drawings, but you could just still do those through the computer. Yeah, you just space jam it. Ex- exactly. So... Man, yeah, probably not. I think that's a lightning in a bottle moment. Yeah, like they should have made a sequel years ago. Yep. But yeah, now if you made a sequel, it just seems like, I mean, obviously a lot of work, it's actually a lot of work to make these, but at the same time, it's like the computer does most of it. So exactly. How impressive is that? Yep. I know. It's, I, I mean, the artists who work on like Space Jam, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from because I mean, the characters look great. But you do lose some of that. As, you know, it's a lot with uh, practical gore effects and the CGI stuff. Yeah. Where yeah. it looks cool, but there's some charm to it being practical. And that's news. Hey, movies came out yesterday that you can get. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Not too big of a week. Um, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, is the big new release. But they rebranded it on home movie on, on home video, where they made it The Conjuring Three. Do you think people had a problem with the branding of it when it was in theaters? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember anyone going to the box office and, and reciting the whole title. I think everyone just said The Conjuring Three. So I just call it The Conjuring. I, yeah, or just yeah, The Conjuring. I mean, I do like the subtitle, The Devil Made Me Do It, but I get it. It's kind of clunky. Um, the Cat O Nine Tales is a Dario Argento film that's getting a 4K release from Arrow. Also, he and George Romero teamed up for Two Evil Eyes, which is a anthology film, which each of them make a, about an hour-long movie. And um, it's pretty great. That's also on 4K. Um, Overboard is getting a release from Severin Films, which you'd think that would be under, I don't know what company it is, if it's like Paramount, you know, the Paramount Plus or whatever high-end they have, but it has a bunch of commentaries and stuff on it. Um, A Return to Salem's Lot as the sequel to Salem's Lot, which isn't very good, but you can get that from Screen Factory. Shout Select is releasing all three films of the Oh God collection, starring George Burns. I'm sure Zach is very happy about that. Um, Evil Dead Trap is coming out. Don't know what that is, but it looks like it's a Japanese horror film. Um, We're also getting Julie Andrews, Mary Tyler Moore in Thoroughly Modern Millie which I don't know what that's about, but Julie Andrews in 
Mary Tyler Moore, you can sign me up for that. Um, well, listen to this. Julie Andrews stars as Millie, an innocent country girl who comes to the big city in search of a husband. Wow, if that isn't from the 60s, I don't know what is. Oh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's, there's not more to that story. Well, it says along the way, she becomes a secretary of a rich and, and famous Trevor Graydon. Befriends a sweet Miss Dorothy. That's Mary Tyler Moore. Fights off a white slaver, Miss Mears. What? And hooks up with a lively paperclip salesman, Jimmy. In the end, it takes a rich, nutty jazz baby like Muzzy to unravel all the complications, give a great party, and match up lovers. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, there paper, is tons. Pa- paperclip salesman? Who is like on the fence about paperclips? I know. And why would you need a salesman for it? I don't know about this thing. <laughs> you mean, it, it temporarily holds two pieces of paper together? I do love the, uh, the uh, art for it, though. It's very uh, mod. That's very what I was going to ask. Isn't Mary Tyler Moore the, the person on the cover? No, I think Julie Andrews is the the big head and Mary Tyler Moore is in the middle. Oh, I must have like be remembering some other, I can't see it right now. So it's 1967. So, uh, MTM was still on the Dick Van Dyke show or just ended. Sorry. So is this her first film after Dick Van Dyke? Cause it's 65, right. Is when it ended. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe she made one more before then. I, I had different poster art in my head. So yeah, this makes sense. So yeah, Julie Andrews is obviously up front there. I might order this. But who is the head? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm joking. I might just order this. Actually, I'm going to order this right now while I'm talking to you. Just because I'm interested. Because I love Julie Andrews. And I love Mary Tyler Moore. Put them together. And it sounds like you have probably a not very good movie. But who knows? Yeah, they're, they're... Ah, it's out of stock. Fuck. Oh, everyone wants it. Now, the director did uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kids, Slapshot, The World According to Garp, The Sting. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, it's two hours and 32 minutes long. That's really fucking long. Um, but it's because it has the Roadshow edition on top of the original, restored in 4K and commentary. So they actually put money into it. So maybe it's not so bad. Well, you can cool. throw it on your Blu-ray pile and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> the first uh, first review is, yes, this movie is extremely racist, but <laughs> <laughs> perfect way to start it off. Um, the uh, Criterion Collection is releasing Ashes and Demon, Diamonds. Um, MVD Rewind is releasing One Dark Night. I did pre-order... Um, both Jack Frosts on them from them because <laughs> nice. I wanted to make sure I get it because <laughs> I was reading that they don't uh, they only have uh, slip covers in the first pressings yep and so and you know they're such a small company that I want to make sure I get the first few of them uh, and I remember when I pre-ordered them they both were in the top 100 on Amazon pre-orders or movies I said oh man people really want to get this shit it's awesome um peter rabbit 2 you can get that on 4k or standard blu-ray um habit which is bella thorne as a nun i don't know what that is um 
from the Love Witch, uh, Viva, the director of Love Witch, has. I was looking into this. It's some like sex comedy. Um, and if you haven't seen the first Peter Rabbit, don't worry, Brad. The two pack of Peter Rabbit two and Peter Rabbit will be available for purchase. Oh, fine. Oh, yeah. I was worried. I, was I know you're worried about it. the plot on that. But don't worry, you can get it. I was going to say about. I was going to say about Viva and Love Witch. Um, the the uh, attention to detail on the visuals of those movies are pretty impressive. Like, Oh, so you've seen uh, Viva. I haven't seen Viva, but like I, I've seen like art of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like trying to match that sixties film stock. Um, it is do an amazing job in like production design. Cause I've seen the love witch. So. Yeah, I've seen love witch too. It's, uh, it looks great. I don't know if it's um, a great movie. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it is pretty to look at. Um, so Mary Tyler Moore has another one from Kino Lorber coming out called What's So Bad About Feeling Good? Um, and this one has a toucan that infects everybody that gives them uh, intense euphoria and desire to do good. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, the toucan's carrying a virus <laughs> that infects people. It's like, yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Not just a two. Yeah. So this is they're they're both from Kino Lorber, and um, this one too isn't available. So maybe uh, Kino Lorber will have them on their website, and maybe not on Amazon yet. Um, but yeah. So you got two Mary Tyler Moore stuff, and that's what's on Blu-ray. We watch things throughout the week in a segment I call what we've been watching so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching brad what you've been watching i guess we should have said during news that uh criterion is officially doing 4k releases now so oh yeah they're really expensive though i have up that the uh, citizen kane one is 55 dollars. wow uh, i'm hoping that'll drop because that's i'm not gonna spend that much money on a movie i think's overrated yeah, on a fifty percent off sale, it'll be twenty five bucks. That's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will spend twenty five dollars on Citizen Kane. Um, not not excited about that cover art though for that one. But... No, it's really bland and and really uh, irresponsible if you get more than three of them in the store. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, bunch of bored teens walking through Friday night, gonna mess up that shelf. Um. <laughs> Yeah, what I watched this week. Uh, the latest, latest Ted, Ted Lasso episode was great. Probably the, my favorite of the season so far. Um, basically, uh, Ted Lasso convinces Roy Kent to come out of retirement and be a coach for his team. And now it seems like the uh, coaching staff for Ted Lasso's crew is rounded out and they can probably start winning actual games. And uh, yeah, it feels like a good turning point for stuff nice. to actually start happening in their favor. But it uh, looks like Nate isn't too excited about it based on his reactions at the end of the clip. So maybe it's just that instance and he's on board for the rest of it. But yeah, I didn't really notice until I started seeing people talk about Nate has been kind of a bully to people this season, which is interesting for someone who was bullied in the last season and, and, and rose above it. Um, 
kind of sad to see him, you know, becoming what he hates. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll just we'll see what happens. But yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, Roy Kent is such like a standout character <laughs> in that show. Um, and to see him get, get a lot more screen time in this one is great. So yeah, if you're not watching Ted Lasso, check it out. It's kind of weird not having Corinne here to talk about it. <laughs> she does um, love that. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's, uh, there's so many shows about negativity. It's great to see a show about positivity. So, yeah. Um, what else I watch? Uh, sorry, I'm just listening to your dog growl and your kid play with toys. And bringing up my. Letterbox yeah, account. <laughs> Sorry, they think they see something outside, but there's nothing out there. So I don't know what they're doing. Uh, oh, yeah. I uh, I watched Point Break for the first time. Uh, the original? The original, 1991. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome and like, it's really cheesy. Yeah, super cheesy. Uh, I mean, it's better than speed i guess is like an action movie i think um it's really impressive like when you see keanu reeves like skydiving without a, par- without a parachute i assume he has one for real under his coat or whatever but they hide it really <laughs> well um or, or the stunt double is really convincing my favorite is when he says i am in the fbi <laughs> uh but overall i i thought like um even though i kind of knew beforehand what the relationship of him and Swayze is in that movie. Um, I, I felt like the character dynamics are pretty strong. Um, yeah. And uh, I think Patrick Swayze does his best to make it not cheesy. Yeah, I agree. Um, for us of stuff. But, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the really silly stuff is like when uh, Gary Busey at the end, you know, doesn't, doesn't watch it back. So obviously he gets shot. And then, like, that takes that's really convenient for like the rest of the movie. And, um, I don't know, like, I actually thought it would have been a more interesting movie if Keanu Reeves did leave the FBI and just become like this, uh, on the run bank robber. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. That she would be. There's really one dumb part where, you know, uh, he and Gary Busey roll up on a heist in progress with them, uh, the ex presidents. And then, you know, they, they spot Keanu Reeves. So, the whole thing falls apart and Keanu Reeves starts chasing him. And, you know, Keanu Reeves hops that fence and trips <laughs> and breaks his leg and the fires in the air. But, um, yeah, Swayze's looking back at him and sees that it's Keanu Reeves who's firing up in the air, right? And yeah. then Keanu Reeves knows that, has already figured out that that's Patrick Swayze. Yet, like a scene later, uh, Keanu Reeves shows up to them without the mask. And he's just like, Hey, what's up, guys? You know, let's go. I'll follow you along with this thing. And I don't know who you I'm still pretending like I don't know who you are and you don't know who I am. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> like they know who they are, but they're playing like they don't know who they are. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. And then I watched uh, Annette at the Mayan. Oh, that I heard that's really weird. Yeah, super weird. Um, I, I I know it's a Sparse Brothers movie, which is fun because we just learned about them a couple months ago. 
Um, and that, that documentary uh, built up so much goodwill towards that band. And then I watched this movie. I'm like, huh, maybe they shouldn't be making movies. <laughs> um, cause it, it's really just, it's, it, uh, in, indulges like every, I guess every creative impulse they're having. Um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like an art piece, but it's not like something like, Oh, I can't wait to watch that again. Um, yeah. the movie starts out with the cast and crew, walking through the streets of um, Los Angeles, asking you permission to start the movie. So there's hmm. a big, it's a big musical number that starts off the movie. And by the way, the movie is mostly musical. So um, there's very little characters just sitting and talking dialogue. Everything is pretty much musical based, which makes sense. It's a sparks musical, but yeah, they, they open up the movie. It's just regular actors and crew, not their characters walking through singing asking permission to start the movie and then the movie starts and it's just the story of Adam driver and Marion Cotillard as a celebrity couple. Um, Adam driver is a flash in the pan, shitty comic, like angry comic, stand-up comic. And she's a great opera singer, operatic singer. And they're in this relation, this relationship and the rest of the movie is that relationship rising and falling apart. Basically after they have a kid together, uh, they grow distant and all this stuff comes out about Adam driver's character being toxic and they have their kid is a puppet. It's, like what? This, it's this animatronic, obviously like it's like Pinocchio. Um, you know, it's a, it's a real person, but it looks like a mannequin or a marionette. Um, but it's, there's no strings attached and strange enough to say, it looks like Kellen. <laughs> if Kellen was, was a, was a marionette, <laughs> like they have the same face, which was disturbing. Um, so yeah. Uh, so it, the, the, the mannequin is Annette and, uh, once Marion Cotillard spoilers dies, at the hands of Adam driver's negligence. Um, everything's sad. And then Annette starts singing and Mm -hmm. it's a child that has, you know, an adult singing voice. And so Adam driver starts, um, exploiting that and touring his own child. And, um, eventually that takes a toll on the child and yeah, makes him look bad. And he starts getting desperate and killing people uh, to preserve his wealth. And yeah, that's about it. He, he gets found out. And it's a musical the whole time. And it's super weird. Because <laughs> that puppet is super weird. <laughs> I don't know. Are you Googling what the puppet looks like? <laughs> uh, yeah. There's different <laughs> stages of it, but there's one part that it really looks like Kellen. Huh. No, but I mean, I'm intrigued to see it just because it's so. I I just heard it's so weird. Yeah, uh, it's on Prime, so if you don't want to go to the theater and watch it, you can. It's an Amazon Prime movie, huh. but I watched the mine, and I don't regret that. But the movie itself is like, oh, okay, wow, cool. <laughs> you you did an art thing, <laughs> like that. The whole story of like a relationship coming together and then falling apart because their careers at odds isn't that fresh. You know, it's mm. all about the presentation of this where it's like, 
you know, everything seems like it's on a soundstage and, you know, the, the kid is a impressive animatronic. So, and Marion Cotillard can sing brilliantly and Adam Driver is an arty dick. <laughs> yeah. There's really no good pictures of it online. Maybe that's a spoiler that I'm not supposed to know. I guess. Yeah. Um, that's all I watched and I'll look at, uh, I'll try to look it up while you talk about what you watched. Yeah, I really didn't watch that much. I can't remember because you just posted it today. Did I talk about um, Temple Drake last week? No. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so there's a Criterion film called The Story. Well, it's not a Criterion. It's on Criterion's label called The Story of Temple Drake. And it's a pre-code film. So 1932. And it's a story. And it's really uh, notorious because of its subject matter. Uh, it's a film about a woman who uh, has a reputation of being quite the suitor of men. And this reputation leads her to not want to marry a lawyer in town. And so when she goes to a party and the lawyer's there, she kind of freaks out when he asks her to marry him. And she gets drunk and leaves with another drunk guy and they get into an auto accident and they're helped by uh, a gangster who takes them to a bootleg hideout. And there she's raped and taken hostage by this, uh, um, I guess, the leader of the bootleggers. And I won't spoil the rest of it, but it's a really interesting film. It's shot really uh, in a surreal manner. And yeah it's uh there's some pretty uh i don't want to say like seedy stuff but it, it's shot in an unusual way for that time where the camera isn't static it's almost always moving and the director chooses to do uh pretty hard close-ups when there's a lot of um tension and it just lets the actors um you know play and I mean, there's stuff that it hints that one of the bad guy's wife is able to get him out of jail by sleeping around. It's uh, it's pretty uh, scandalous for a film from 1932, but it's really well done in the acting and it's really great. Um, but you also have to be in the right kind of mood to be want to want to watch a film about rape. And um, yeah, it's it's quite the film and the criterion is really great it has a documentary about the making of the film but it also has one about um that time in hollywood and what it meant to be quote unquote a pre-code film and how that film it's really interesting because they went into the censorship of films and how the story of temple drake actually was pretty well preserved because it was so scandalous when it came out that they pulled it from movie theaters and then locked it away. So some films that had uh, parts cut up because they had to fit under a certain standard, um, that footage is lost forever. But Temple Drake, the whole movie is available because it was locked away and no one wanted to, <laughs> to you know, put it out. So it's it was a really interesting documentary, and I recommend if you you care about classic Hollywood 
and want to see kind of a different film from that time, it, you should definitely pick up the story of Temple Drake. Um, it's uh, it's it's a pretty powerful film. Um, the the other only other thing I watched this week is I rewatched Snakes on a Plane, and um, it's one of those films that it's really stupid, but if you accept the concept of what you're watching, you know it's fun. Um, that, watching it, I forgot that there is a guy who like goes to piss and he says, uh, "How's my big boy?" And then he gets bit on his dick by a snake. Um, <laughs> and then a chick who gets bit on her boobs by snakes. Um, yeah, it's it's really. <laughs> I've never seen it. You have never. Oh, it's. I mean, it's really gory, and there's lots of uh, and there's boobs and stuff in it, so it's, it's definitely a B level horror film with the whole premise. I'm pretty sure it was only pitched. The writers of it is, Hey, I'm going to have Samuel L. Jackson say, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. And what do you think? And new line said, you know what? I like where your head's at. Let's make this movie. Um, because the rest of it is, I mean, it's not very well written. Um, but there is some charm to it being that like B level, you know what I mean? Where they fully embrace how stupid the idea of it is and just go with it. Yeah, I always so, remember that like it got made because apparently it was a huge phenomenon, and then you know the trailer oh, yeah. came out. I was like, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, it was definitely one of those viral movies in the early days of viral movies. Yeah. I think it came out 2006 if i remember right i i do recognize one of the producers she produced uh freddie versus jason so i said oh, i like this lady <laughs> um her name's stokely uh chafin i think that's how you pronounce her last name chafin maybe um but i remember in the freddie versus jason documentary she talks about how she was one of the only people at new line that really championed jason uh freddie versus jason so um, hats off to her for thinking outside the box and for putting something like snakes on a plane out because you need, I don't know. Sometimes I think uh, movies and studios can be too, you know, stuffy and everything has to be a certain way. And that she says, you know what, why don't we just make fun movies? You know, Freddie versus Jason snakes on a plane. Um, I think she helped with the Texas chainsaw remake as well. So uh, she's she's a pretty cool producer. I, I, I've always liked seeing her name on IMDb because I know she has fun making movies. And that's what all that matters. And that's all I watched this week. So, yeah, I was looking up uh, the Annette puppet and yeah, you're right. Uh, there's very little pictures of it. And if they are, it's, it's the adult, like the sort of grown up version of the puppet. So, um yeah, if you watch it, 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 the one that's like, there's a newborn, there's like a toddler, and then there's a I don't know four to five year old version of it. It's the toddler in between one that is like, oh, Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. The newborn was like, what was that movie that the Eastwood one that people was like, oh, that's a, that's clearly a <laughs> puppet baby. Uh, American oh. Sniper. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, really bad. <laughs> like the, it comes, like she delivers it, and I was like, "Is this supposed to be bad?" <laughs> like it's, it's clearly a puppet. 
or just like a massive um, uh, ballistics gel. And then, yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> Once the older version came out, I was like, oh, okay, this is clearly supposed to be some artsy. We can control the ch- everything the child does. Cause it's animatronic. Yep. Oh, man. Stokely Chafin, her last uh, movie she produced was Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> so after Freddy vs. Jason and Snakes on a Plane, they're like, oh, okay, you're done. Yeah, so she has Snakes on a Plane, Out of Time, which is a Denzel Washington movie, Freddy vs. Jason. She also did Sweet Home Alabama. I thought that one was a pretty big like hit. When did that come out? Um, 2002. So that's that probably... Witherspoon one. So that's yeah, probably made what got $127 million her... on a $30 million budget. That's probably what got her Freddy vs. Jason and Snakes on a Plane lineage, or, uh, leverage. Yeah. And then out of time, it's probably like, okay, that's enough. And she did the I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, oh man, that's a bummer. Maybe she just uh, stopped being in Hollywood. How or maybe she transitioned to something else. How old is she? Uh, it doesn't say. I don't think she's that old. I'm guessing she was in her... Th- uh, oh, she's the Senior Vice President of Productions at New Line Cinema. That's why. Oh, promotion. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Yeah. Great job, Stokely. Um, I was going to say, man, you can have that many hits because I think Freddy vs. Jason cost $30 million, and that made like $100 million too. Yeah. So good for her. That's what I like to see. Anywho, <laughs> this week on Real Nerds, we watched Reminiscence. Brad, would you recommend Reminiscence? Uh, well, again, uh, I should qual- qual- qualify that if you share my taste in movies, uh, this <laughs> information is relevant to you. If not, then no. Uh, yeah, Reminiscence, uh, it, it, it was fine. It's a, it, it was a movie with talented people in it and made competently but the story just i had no interest in what was going on uh you and i are in the same boat i i was really kind of excited when i started watching it It was weird because there wasn't really that much promotion for it um but when it started kind of this noir i'm going to narrate in this flooded miami i said oh this is kind of a cool concept but then when it got into the meat of the movie and they really didn't explain why Miami was flooded. I mean, I get that it's probably global warming or really delve into the dynamics of the political side of the film, uh, of the city. I said, man, it seems like there might be more to this movie. Um, Cause th- the mystery isn't that exciting to me. And, but I mean, the performances are great. I think the movie shot really well, um, but it just doesn't come together. Uh, Here is the trailer for Reminiscence. You're going on a journey. A journey through memory. All you have to do is follow my voice. We're closed. I know. I'm sorry it's late. We have time for one more job. began to rise and war broke out nostalgia became a way of life there wasn't a lot to look forward to 
so people began looking back. Nothing is more addictive than the past. No, 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 put me back. Put me back. I understand. She has moved on, and you should too. People don't just vanish. To find where she'd gone, I had to know where she'd been. Was she running from the past? Or racing back towards it? How much did you really know her? How much did you love Who was she? Who was she but not with me? You think you want answers? Well, you don't. can you get before the illusion's broken? You're going on a journey. All you have to do is follow my voice. In Reminiscence, Hugh Jackman plays a guy who has people relive their memories that are able to be projected through. Uh, I, did you understand this? <laughs> I don't know what it was. Uh, so before I, uh, before I watched it, Jesse watched it. And he told me like, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a, like a classic noir, uh, you know, story. Um, but it, it, at a certain point, just it, you think it's over. It just keeps going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's 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 needlessly overcomplicated. Hugh Jackman is, I guess, a, a actual detective at the police department, but he moonlights using this memory technology and makes extra bucks on the side, helping people enjoy nostalgia. And yeah. he often he often gives it away for free out of the goodness of his heart. So he should be charging for it. Um, because yeah. you learn that there's other ones. I mean, I mean, I didn't figure that out till the end of the near the end of the movie where. Uh, Thandie Newton's character works at some spa hotel thing with a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess Miami was flooded. I thought because like billionaires really screwed up the planet or something. Yeah. I didn't get that part either. That's what my guess was too. They really didn't for a world that had a lot of interest in it. They didn't world build very well. Yeah. I mean, I, you can fill in the blanks. Like basically despite all that, there's a, global environmental crisis and ex- as expected the people with the money and power have put everyone who struggled under their boot and just exacerbated yeah. the problem um and so there's a, some kind of government structure where obviously the people in charge are corrupt and it has to do with Hugh Jackman falls in love with this woman who is involved in that 
to some extent. And the biggest question is whether or not she's playing him or actually needs help. Yeah. Um, As is with those classic noirs. Yeah. I mean, you did a better job explaining it because I just, it seems like there's stuff missing from the movie that it it maybe was supposed to be a little more hardcore. Um, Because there's that part too where, um, like, I know Hugh Jackman just seems like he went from place to place and got his ass kicked. (laughs) (laughs) It it, Um, it felt like he was in a different movie, which might speak to why your impression is that there's stuff cut out of this. Yeah. Because he's good in it. Like he's, he acts really well, but the part where he goes and sees uh, the dude in new Orleans, St. John, I think's his name. And he just lets them manhandle him. And like, what did he think would happen? And uh, then he gets his ass kicked, but then there's that really badass scene with um, the dude from uh, the mummy movies. (laughs) I think that's him. Or is he from Resident Evil movies? Um, yeah, gosh. gosh. His name's uh, Cliff Curtis. Why am Cliff I Curtis, drawn to yeah. Um, he's in so much shit, and he's a really great actor. I just can't remember what I know him most from. He's definitely in the Meg. <laughs> um, he does a lot of movies. Good for him. Um, anyways, but his fight with... Uh, Hugh Jackman's pretty badass when they're in the uh, hallway and you know, they're trading blows and they're running across rooftops and um, but then he, but then he also doesn't, um, but then, you know what I mean? Like Hugh Jackman's really a competent fighter there, but then later on, he's not as a great of a fighter. Um. Oh, he's in The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. That's why I keep on thinking he's in some zombie movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's also in Hobson Shaw. <laughs> yeah, he's in so much shit. Uh, he's that guy who's in everything. Like, oh, yeah, him. <laughs> Live for your die uh, hard. Yeah. Um. But you know what I mean? It's, uh, I just, the world building, I, the whole world is, I don't know. And, and then, you know, there's a part where he's fighting Cliff Curtis's character and he like, I love the idea of his hand got caught in this, a piano and the hotel is in um, sinking underwater and he has to, he goes, he's pulled underneath because the floor gives way. And then Hugh Jackman decides to save him. And then he's like, fuck you. And leaves Hugh Jackman at the bottom of this sunken uh, theater. But Hugh Jackman, I guess can hold his breath for 10 minutes and swim back up and then stick him with some sort of drug to find out what happened to his uh, love named May, um, played by Rebecca Ferguson, who's great in the movie. Uh, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was trying to be kind of like a Blade Runner, but I don't know. It just, it was a noir film that I just, I never really got into yeah, the biggest chunk of it is that it's this love story about this guy who can't let go of the, you know, which I don't know. It didn't seem like they made a huge impression on each other, you know? Yeah. Like it seemed pretty average. Um, but he, he's obviously obsessed with her and um, tries to track her down throughout the whole movie. Finally, like, you know, famously in the trailer, it's like she, people don't just disappear. Although if you watch Unsolved Mysteries, people do just disappear. <laughs> they do. <laughs> um 
yeah and like a lot of the is a lot of the movies just like him remembering all the good stuff he did with her and trying to find out like was she a different person when he wasn't around and uh yeah cliff curtis uh you forgot to say like he's a cop an ex-cop um who is horribly scarred in some like he was he was doing some on fire guy (laughs) yeah he was doing some shady stuff within his department and then the criminals he was working with double crossed him and burned him and so in modern in, in present day he's I forget why like he's connected to Hugh Jackman at all really like what's he trying yeah. he, he's trying to get back at the people who burned him yeah okay I, yeah it's because it's it, it's really convoluted and I mean you learn that I mean we're in spoilers that that Rebecca Ferguson's character really did care about him and that she was trying to protect the son of oh yeah i forgot the about that politician part. who had an affair with some lowly dock worker lady and um by yeah. doing that she ended up dying because that's what i mean it feels like there's some parts of their love story that's been cut out too uh or they do that on purpose so you never really know until the end you know because they towards the end too they show a little more of their um uh what do you call it i guess uh romanticism or romantic fling or whatever you want to call it uh yeah if you're listening to us talk about it right now like remember when i said earlier it's like overly complicated (laughs) Uh, i I totally forgot about the yeah the the mayor or whatever the congressman yeah has that whole affair and then there's yeah that's what i mean i'm trying to unpack it all and i just can't do it it's it's really convoluted um and i forgot there's that uh shootout in the warehouse with that one guy and Mm -hmm. his fish tank explodes and he his uh the dialogue in this movie is so bad sometimes he looks at it and he's like all surprised like my tank (laughs) (laughs) you had to vocalize that that's so dumb yeah and that's what i mean too because when thandy noon comes in it's portrayed that that one dude gets blasted like 50 feet at the beginning and then she just has like a nine millimeter i don't know how that dude went flying through the air <laughs> yeah um, and then and, uh it, the part weird. where like jesse said like just when you think it's over um it just keeps going and there was like two places where that happened um and then like the final like second part where it's like going on too long is really just the characters like Hugh Jackman decides to go into eternal slumber and relive his romance with her over and over again. But then like Thandie Newton is also like, you find out it's like 20, 30 years later. And um, she's like watching over the tank with like her own kid. And she goes into like this poetry, I don't know, like this monologue of what seems like the writer just kind of espousing a bunch of ideas they couldn't fit into the movie. I know that whole time I says, how can you lay in water for that long and like yeah. not be all wrinkly and <laughs> like, like, yeah. Has he eat? Has he like go to the bathroom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and usually I don't think about stuff like that until I watched um, fast nine and Kellen pointed out when they had Charlie's Theron in the like plastic uh, jail cell. And he says, how does he, she get food? And where does she go to the bathroom? Go, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How does she? <laughs> Like everyone has to watch. Like, does someone have to like drag them out of the tank and like sit them down? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's 
that was what it is. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like really unfocused and kind of all over the place and yeah. a, a bit ambitious. It felt like um, there's like a lot, a lot of like in the student film community around here, like there's a lot of high concept stuff that, you know, you just can't achieve it without a certain yeah. level of budget. And it feels like they gave this movie that budget, but the, it was so high concept that it just got away from them. Yeah. It sounds, that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe there's like a, a final cut that's <laughs> way more story or something, but hopefully no more endings. It has as many endings as Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, um, next week we're seeing Candyman. So that will be fun. That's getting really great reviews. Um, I'll try to squeeze which, it into my weekend. Yeah. If you can, we understand. Uh, make sure you send us your list of your favorite films from 2001. We record in two weeks. Um, yeah. Good times at the Real Nerds podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day. <laughs>